They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Good evening, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening, I've got uh, Dan Kingdom, who is uh, looking slightly bleary-eyed uh, after watching Somerset yesterday afternoon live at Old Trafford, Somerset CCC's digital guru, Ben Warren, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio, Somerset, Anthony Gibson, who also had the uh, misfortune of being in attendance yesterday watching the uh, slightly farcical scenes that uh, unfolded at Old Trafford. Ben, I gather you sent Todd up there to... Uh... Uh, no, yeah. no, we were, quite, we, were uh, we were at Taunton during the... Uh, oh, right, OK. So, uh, which is far more entertaining. Okay? Yes, so. definitely. Well, we definitely get on to that later. But, um, yeah, shall we uh, talk about what went on yesterday afternoon then? If, you, uh, if you've uh, been under a rock, uh, basically Somerset batted the whole of the fourth day with no prospect of a result. Uh, James Rue did uh, complete his second 100 in the match. I uh, thought he played really well to survive the uh, devastating uh, spell with the second new ball from Dane Villas and, and Stephen Croft, uh, which really kind of summed it up. Um, Lots of uh, discussion on social media about uh, what was going on. M- my thoughts were, if we're not going to win the match, what's the point of risking the risking the bowlers? Let's make sure 100% everybody's fit for Lords. You know, they had a tiring last day at trying to get uh, those last few North Ants wickets on Sunday. Trip up to Old Trafford, trip back to Taunton, then a trip up to Lords for Thursday. Um, obviously, people disagree. Dan, you were you you were there for for the proceedings. What did you make of it all? Yeah, I mean, what you just said is probably, I think, must be Somerset's thinking. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was sat there, you know, after lunch, thinking, oh, we seem to be batting a bit slowly. You know, Aldridge not really scoring any runs. Um, and I was thinking that we, you know, surely we'll be declaring at some point. But I think the realization slowly dawns that. It, we sort of got past the point of being safe and the realisation is slowly dawning like hang on we aren't actually declaring here are we because I was sort of getting a bit you know not I knew that the win was always very unlikely but I still was you know anticipating us having a go you know a bit of excitement maybe get a couple early wickets and I'd tweet an eyes emoji and be um, you know but I mean clearly it was always very likely to be a draw um, I think from the, at the start of the day because that, that's the thing we we can complain all we want now and it's generated so much debate but at the end of the day it probably would have been a draw regardless um but i do think we should have um had a go um i think we should have declared around sort of 230 ish and and you know had a go with the new ball and if we weren't taking wickets then we could have then just sort of brought on the part-timers to to sort of see us out till till five o'clock um, and then that would have sort of everyone would have been happy enough. I think you know the players would have been satisfied that they had a go. The fans would be happy. We we wouldn't have been you know debating. You know there wouldn't be all this debate. I think we we would know that we had tried everything you know to win. And I think a lot of fans are unhappy that we've sort of gone against you know like the so called you know Somerset spirit of always want always trying to win. You know so you know that was almost forgotten yesterday. I think wasn't it? We you know Andy Hurry talks about it in the pre-season press conferences and stuff you know we, we always want to win every single match and we we effectively did stop stop trying to win even though it was only a one percent chance of winning we probably should have had a go i think but 
I do see their logic for sure. Um, yeah, there's definitely a logic in uh, you know preserving the bowlers for next week, as you were just saying. Um, I just wish we had had a go, um, just to keep everyone happy, to keep, and I think just to minimise the sort of deflated feeling that we're all feeling right now. And I think the players probably possibly feeling it too. You know, I bet Craig Overton would have wanted to have a go. See what happens. You know, he's a fierce competitor. Well, he, he, you know, he was having a go at the uh, at Ben's counterpart up at uh, Lancashire on their, on their mm-hmm. social media, tweeting that uh, well, was it? I bet you lot of fun at parties or something like that. And then a bought a very bored gif of um, that fella from the American office. Uh, yeah, two forty six in sixty six. I think would have been the target had they declared at lunch, which probably wouldn't have been enough because. Essentially, you talk about the well, part. It wouldn't have been enough because we didn't score fast enough. Well, that's true. Between Tom Abel, between Tom Abel being out and lunch on the last day, we scored 110 runs in 37 and a half overs. I mean, you know, we needed to show. Oh, Gibbo's frozen. He's frozen mid rant. We'll come back to you, Gibbo. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that you sort of talked about going back to the part-time bowlers but we haven't really got any if Abel can't bowl and Lamaby can't bowl you're then into the sort of the, the who have you got left you've got Bartlett yeah, who Bartlett. bowls a bit of his his bits and pieces off spin you've got I don't know if TKC bowls or not and then that's kind of really it I mean I suppose you could always bowl Leach from one end to to dry things up but if you did sort of set them any sort of target it's it's kind of one that they could have gone for the sort of 20, 30 overs scoring at 10 and over against, like you say, the, the part-time. So you'd almost be forced to bring the big quicks back on, which we wouldn't have really wanted to do. Gibbo, you've relocated to uh, an area of uh, Casa del Gibbo with a bit better uh, Wi-Fi by the looks of it. Do you want to, do you want to uh, carry on? What I was saying is that, you know... <laughs> If we needed to set them a target of, say, 370 overs, the 350 and 90 was never on. There was never enough never enough overs. Lancashire would have had to bowl their joke bowlers right from the start to let Somerset get a lead of 350 in the time available. So that was never on. Uh, whether that was the offer that was made, I don't know. But, but that's what Craig Overton sort of tweeted. But I didn't, it just didn't, doesn't add up mathematically. But it... it could have been in our own hands if we'd gone a bit faster after Tom Abel was out on on uh, Saturday after uh, Saturday evening. As I said, I mean we we scored. I can't remember that. I've got a piece of paper. One hundred and ten in thirty-seven point three overs, something like that. And quite quite rightly, um, Glenn Chapel picked up on that and said that you know Somerset never lifted the pace of their innings. Once Tom Abel was was out, the shutters went down. And we made no attempt to put ourselves in a position where we had a realistic chance of bowling uh, Lancashire out. Um, and I, I, well, it wasn't Somerset Cricket's greatest day, in all honesty, um, yesterday. It, it was all a bit embarrassing. And I saw the players finding out the, the dressing room uh, at the end of the day, and they all looked a bit shamefaced and, and down in the mouth. And, and, you know, it was in our own hands to... to uh, to set a set a target and see what we could do, and we bottled it, frankly, and that, that's a shame. I think the um, what Craig when describing the offer, I think what when the offer was put on the table, it was when Lancashire was still batting the first innings. So I think what they were trying to con- tr- contrive was 
was Lancashire declaring even further behind. Yeah, but they still have batting points to get. They're not going to do that. Yeah, well, I think that was the that was what when the offer was was done was when Lancashire was still batting. So I think that they were trying to see whether Lancashire would forego their first innings to give Somerset enough of a chance to get enough of a lead to have enough overs to then bowl out. But um, but yeah, I think obviously. Um, both both parties are um, not necessarily that happy with with what happened yesterday. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. What you're saying there, but is, is the Somerset bowlers and the, and the management have looked at the pitch and go, well, we probably need a day to bowl Lancashire out on this, and then kind of working back from there. What would Lancashire probably score in a day? Probably three hundred if they bat all day. So that's going to be more or less kind of the, the starting point for negotiations and you know at the end of the day I don't think yeah, but the best will in there if, I don't you, were, they... if you were Andy Hurry and they, and Glenn Chappell made you that offer you know you forego, forego batting points put on the joke bowlers allow us to score at 7 or 8 runs and over to set you a target of 350 in 90 overs I mean would you accept that that offer? No I mean you'd probably, you may years, negotiate, try and negotiate it down to maybe I don't know something like Three hundred and eighty, or or something like that. But you know, it, we could have we could have set them three hundred and eighty if we'd gone if we'd batted with more determination and aggression in in the second innings. I've just just worked it out. Three hundred and seventy. If we if we'd gone at five runs and over after Tom Abel was out, we could have set them three hundred and three hundred and seventy overs, which would have been a reasonable target and give us a reasonable chance of bowling them out. So at close on day three, uh, Somerset were 114 for three off 28.2 overs. That day was curtailed with the loss of George Bartlett to the last ball of the day. So going along at about just a shade over four and over, which isn't that bad. That's not sluggish by it, any means. The runs dried up after Abel was out. When, Abel, when Tom Abel was there, there was a real sense of intent and Tom Lamberby came out of his shell for once and, and started playing some good shots alongside it. But once Abel was out, that all went out the window. And, and that... we were um, looking to save the draw first, weren't we? I think we, we once Abel yeah. was out, we were like, right, okay, we, let's make sure we draw here. I think exactly. that's, that's what happened. We'd have looked like idiots if we, you know, tried to keep scoring quickly, score five, six, and over, and then got bowled out quickly. And then Langshaw would have, you know, could have chased it down. So I, I understand why they slowed down and. But it's, it's the fact that we slow down and stay slow down, stay slow down, and then just you know never even tried is is the issue, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talk about you know, c could you potentially change the the regulations in the championship so you can the two captains can shake hands earlier on the on the fourth day? I don't know. I mean, I suppose you'd have been a bit pissed off, Dan, if you made the trip up there and you'd seen Tom Abel uh, shaking hands at you know two o'clock. I mean, at least you got to watch some cricket, I suppose, even though it was... Yeah, I'd just bring it forward to say tea or, yeah, tea I think would be a reasonable time to say, actually, yeah, if both captains are happy to call it off, because, you know, I was ready to go, you know. <laughs> I was there for days to you know, I was ready to go as soon as the joke bowling started, really, so uh, wouldn't have missed much. Yeah, so that notwithstanding, and I did tweet this slightly tongue-in-cheek yesterday, if you'd have said that Somerset will bat, bat the final day to secure a draw after being 12 for 3 after 20-25 minutes on day 1. I think most people would have uh, bitten your hand off. But James Rue again. Sky's the limit. 
Yeah. He yeah, was dropped right. twice. He was he, he was dropped twice in the first innings in the slips. Everybody was dropped twice in that innings. I think Tom Lamaby was dropped but twice early Lamaby on. Well. Yeah, I mean he's a very 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 good player. Um and he's and he's still young and and as you say the sky's sky's the limit. And it was a, a superb innings because you know, Somerset were. I, I said to uh, Paul Edwards, who was reporting it for the Times, when I had a bit of time off on the first day, and they were thirty for three. I said we'll be bowled out for sixty, <laughs> and because <laughs> I mean that would be, you know, that's the sort of the re the recent record of the, of the top order batting. All the probably we'd have been rescued by the by the lower order again, and the fact that we weren't, uh, Lamb would be batted with great determination and skill as well. Because it, it was really, really difficult, the, the first session. The ball, ball was moving around, Anderson was bowling as well as, you know, as well as we all know he, he can. And um, and to get from 12 for 3 to 361 was a, a notable effort. It was just a pity that having made that effort, we didn't at least attempt to capitalise on it. We sort of settled for settled for recovery without trying to go on to win the game which is what as uh, dan said just a few minutes ago is andy harry says you know we want to win every mm -hmm. game well they didn't show much signs of it yesterday yeah i think it was just well i like i said i think once the you know once the the realistic chance of bowling them out was was gone they just thought well let's let's keep the bowlers in cotton wool for lords which is a very very winnable game starting on thursday we'll come on to that in a minute what else about the um uh, the Lancashire game. Uh, that shot that Tom Cole Campbell played on the first morning. Is there a fine line between aggression and recklessness? Yes, there is. And he should have. If he'd hit that, if he'd gone to hit it down the ground, he'd, he he probably would have would have got it. Instead of which, he went down the pitch and and then tried to cross bat it over deep mid wicket. Deep mid wicket. That was the problem with it. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you what. What really encouraged me, and that was the. The um, Matt Henry and Craig Overton opening bowling partnership. Craig looked, uh, he looked right back to his, his old self. Uh, Matt Henry is a really, really good bowler. And in combination, because they're different, you know, with Overton hitting the pitch hard and Henry uh, skidding it through. I asked Craig, um, who was the quicker of them? Uh, and he said, "Well, Henner's Henner's probably, but my bouncer is quicker." <laughs> and, and you know, and I think that's a re really good sign that that you know, fast bowlers hunt best in pairs. And I think we've got a a, a pair now of really top class fast bowlers, and that is going to make a big difference. Yeah, Craig Overton returning figures of four for fifty-two in uh, Lancashire's only innings, comfortably his best return of the season. Uh, Henry four for seventy-three on debut. The only other wicket taker was Jack Leach, who. Uh, Bowled very, uh, very economically for his one fifty seven. Bowled well too. Role. Jack Leach bowled very well. Yeah, yeah. From uh, twenty four overs, uh, no wickets for uh, Josh Davy or Casey Aldridge. Uh, have you had much chance to catch up with uh, Matt Henry Ben at the at the ground this week? Um, I, well, I got about we got about ten minutes with him before he was on. He was, he was straight in and straight on the bus that left nine o'clock on on Wednesday. And yeah, so we weren't at Old Trafford this week. So haven't had too much time to, to chat but no he seems um he seems to have settled in really well from what i by hear he's um yeah he bowled really well didn't he you know he, he, i think he's always gonna be someone who challenges both outside edge and inside edge he's not scared of pitching the ball up you know, he's gonna be quite he's a very attacking bowler and i think 
you know, his record in, in domestic cricket in the UK is is excellent. And I think, like Anthony was saying, I think that once you add in Greg Overton with his height into that kind of um, combination, it, it is it is going to be a real challenge. And um, yeah, let's just hope that, that Craig Overton and Matt Henry can can stay fit. Um, uh, because I think if, if they if they play together for for, for the games that they're, they're scheduled to play, Matt Henry, um, it's they're going to be a really good partnership. And I think when you add in Peter Siddle and Lewis Gregory into that to that attack, it's going to be um, far stronger. I think. Um, Dan, did you? We were bowling on Saturday, weren't we? What did you make of uh, Matt Henry? Yeah, but yeah, he looked good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly you know international quality. He's got pace. You know, he can he can bowl short balls. He, as Ben said, he's not scared to pitch it up. Um, took four for, and I think he will hopefully continue in that vein. He he was brilliant for Kent for them. You know, very very reliable wicket taker. So um, yeah, he's a, yeah he's a top addition to our attack. And I hope that you know this week if we have Gregory and Siddle back. Um, presumably Gregory will come back and I would also bring Siddle back for sure then you know we'll basically have our strongest attack won't we I think so um, as long as Leach is not withdrawn by England um, so that you know should give us a really good chance at Lords hopefully Is that a possibility? I, think... I heard somewhere that four out of five is what they were going to allow the centrally contracted players to play in this opening uh, block of championship games but he is you know he is a left arm spinner he's not got a lot of miles on the clock in the last sort of month and a half or so yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but but he has Leach. Leach has got a pretty good record at Lords. I remember him taking some some wickets in the early season game when they last played in the Championship there in 2021. But got a few runs as uh, well, didn't he? Him and Marchant. He did. Yeah. Thank goodness, saved the saved the day. <laughs> did, yeah, match winner was it? Eight, Looking down the barrel there. Ninety was it for the last wicket? Taking the eighty nine. I think yeah. eighty nine. Well, and Leach is ninety two in the test was at Lords as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I think we're going to have uh, Leach opening the batting in all of our teams, which we'll come to uh, in a few moments for, for Thursday. Um, Casey Aldridge seemed to take a little bit of a backward step with the ball late on in the Lancashire innings. He just seemed to sort of lose it a little bit. Um, I mean, he looks sort of possibly the one who's going to be most vulnerable for Laws, but I think he's somebody we all really want to see kicking on uh, now. He's got all the attributes to be... Uh, uh, to be a top quality uh, pace bowler, but he seems to be doing it more with the bat at the moment. Of course, maiden first class hundred in somewhat uh, uh, funny old circumstances on uh, on Sunday afternoon. Now, now averaging a princely eighty one with the bat, so uh, uh, not too shabby at all. And um, yeah, looking to be uh, a genuine all rounder in the making. Yeah, it was interesting seeing coming in at seven in in the game. You know, I think. They obviously had that call when Lewis Gregory doesn't play, who who steps up and bats seven, or do they potentially play an extra batter? But um, they they clearly gone to Casey and said, well, when Lewis is rested, you're you're on number seven, and and, and they're going to back him. So um, yeah, I think there's a lot to like, isn't there, about Casey Aldridge as a bowler? But I think it's just consistency and you know that which will which will come. And I agree with Anthony about if he can just add an extra yard of of pace. Yeah. That's what certainly help because um, he's got there's a lot lot to like about him um, you know he's good in the field he's very good um, you know dynamic young cricketer but um, he just needs to get to that next level I think and then he'll be a guy you can push on and take 
plenty of wickets in, in Division 1. Yeah. So he's looking the the uh, sort of the most vulnerable for, for Thursday. Um, well, I think Josh Davey will give way as well. I as, think he will. As Dan says, we'll put, or Dan said, we'll play uh, Gregory and Siddle, assuming they're both fit against uh, against Middlesex. And that is, assuming Leach is available, that's our best attack. Yeah. Um, anything more on Lancashire then? I don't think there's uh, much. Well, I'll just say, I was, it was lovely to see Steve Davis back there at the Stumps. Yes, he took a couple of brilliant catches. And I hope he's given a second chance. Well, my my final word on uh, on Lancashire uh, is uh, after last week's podcast, Gibbo, I cannot believe that you uh, read out on air that uh, George Bell was the Lancashire under-14s high jump record holder. And it was a... <laughs> It was that boring, Gibbo. I was like, "Do I? Shall I? Shall I? Shall yeah, I?" Well, of course, I read it out. We, we were desperate for something. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, tracking my son George's progress across Devon. Oh yeah, is he, uh, <laughs> yeah, we saw that. How is he? Is he fitting well? And uh... oh yeah, he's quite resilient. He's. Uh, he said it was. It was lovely to enjoy the Devon countryside. That's after 112, 112 miles and thirty three hours. <laughs> Oh, so, running and walking across Devon. Oh, it was quite coast, uh, when you said it was coasting, I had, I had, I had some reason I when, thought when it was... Wembley to Lynmouth, it was. Wembley to Lynmouth. In my head, it was a rowing race around the, from, like, from the <laughs> south of Devon to Cornwall, but it was well, it took the shortest way, I suppose, as the crow flies. So. Happy days, yeah. And then uh, Overton Senior chirping in as well. And uh, yeah, sorry, I'll start to try it. It's, it's now, unless, unless the cricket is so boring... Please do not send fake stats into Anthony. It's my last one this season. I have promised. Yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Overton <laughs> suggested he was Alexander Graham Bell's yeah. great great grandson. <laughs> I, I nearly suggested that uh, after this bowling spell, they're going to rename the Anderson end to the. Um, anyway, right. Uh, moving moving on then. Lords, the home of cricket on uh, on Thursday in the county championship. I'm going to start with my team, which also contains a very very interesting point of debate. Opening the batting, I've got Tom Lamanby and James Rue. Abel oh, 3, Bartlett 4, TKC 5, Banton at 6 with the gloves. And then Gregory, Siddle, Overton, Henry and Leach. I'd vote for that. I'd vote for that. But yeah. I don't think we'll get it. I don't think we'll get it. And if it if push came to shove and I was making the decision, I probably wouldn't pick that team if I was uh, Jason Kerr, Tom Abel and, and Andy Hurry. But looking at James Rue... If you just chopped up a load of Somerset uh, uh, videos of Somerset players batting, took the score away from the bottom, showed under someone who knew about cricket but didn't know about Somerset, and said, "Which one of these players do you think should open the batting for us?" Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard it, but I don't know if you heard that. But Luke Wells, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, I heard you say that, and that's exactly what he said. He he said that he was very impressed with James Rue, and he said, it "Looks to me as if he's." Ideally equipped to to open the innings, and uh, but it you know but you're quite right. It would be a very very tough ask to get him to open the innings and keep wicket. Mm. And he is a very good outfielder as well. And Tom Banton, I'd like to see being given his chance in the first team because if he doesn't, sooner or later he's going to go elsewhere, which would be a great shame and a great great loss. So yeah, I I think that's a that's a you know for yeah. you, Sheps, that's a very <laughs> very good call. So, yeah, I mean, it kills the two birds of one stone. Is we all want to get Tom yeah, Banton does. in the team. So, giving him the gloves, sticking him down at six, I wouldn't have Rue keeping and opening. And I don't think Steve Davis, 
opening and keeping for you know was he 37 38 now is a is a long-term sort of sustainable ball i did enjoy your tweet dan about uh happy makeshift steve davis open a day seems to come around <laughs> earlier in free year it um, is the second earliest ever been this year how is it oh i think I, believe, I think it was earliest. yeah i did tweet the date for each year he's opened in every year for us except except 2020 uh, yeah sorry i forgot to get you all a card but um if you have a word with richard ben and just get him to put him in the shop i'm sure they'd be a <laughs> be a hot seller for next year uh if it happens but um yeah i mean that's you I mean i don't think they will i think they will they will still go with davis opening with lamaby and, and keeping rue down at, at six but um yeah something sort of medium to sort of medium term is something that i think they should potentially have their eye on because to me it seems to kill like I say, it kills two birds with one stone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think George Bartlett needs a break. He Is looked it? shot in the second innings. He was all over the place against Saki Mahmood. I mean, he, you know, he got out in the end. He got a, he got a good one, but... but um, He's only he been back been for one up. game, Gibbo. It's difficult to see how you can give him... He needs a break. Well, he honestly, against Saki Mahmood, if you'd watched it, he was all over the shop, and this was when uh, Lamanby and um, and Abel had, you know, been playing more or less as they liked on a, on a pretty flat pitch. And and George, he just looked, he didn't look as if he got any confidence. That's what that's what I mean about being 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 shot. And I think Lewis Goldsworthy deserves his chance in the middle order. Yeah, I mean Bartlett has been scoring a few runs in the seconds more than Goldsworthy, which is probably what's got him in as well as the fact that he played that first game ahead of of Goldsworthy so I, I presume he is ahead in that sort of nominal uh, pecking order um, ben, Well ask, ask Dan I mean Dan, Dan saw Bartlett what did you make of George Bartlett Dan? I mean yeah I, I agree yeah he wasn't he was clearly not you know as comfortable as Abel and Lamanby on that on that third evening um, yeah it was it was I didn't have full confidence in him seeing out that last over not going to lie so uh yeah. Yeah, and so it came to pass. But yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely bring in Goldsworthy as well. Um, he's yeah, Goldsworthy is a is someone who you know he's he saw off. He helped see off three collapses last year, twice against Lancashire Southport and uh, away to Kent as well. I just feel like Goldsworthy has that ability to be the firefighter for us down the order. Bartlett is maybe more likely to be part of the collapse than to stave off the collapse. I think that if they brought Steve Davis back, I think it is likely to be because, to be fair, there's been no second team um, cricket. So yeah, it was totally washed out at tournament. They're supposed to be playing Glamorgan last yeah. week, and it was a total total washout. No play at all over the four days. So obviously, Sean Dixon hasn't had a chance to put his name back in the hat, and and the second eleven going to T20 uh, start their T20 stuff on Friday. So I think that the chances of Sean Dixon. Um, getting in contention is um, it's maybe not going to happen so I think they'll stick with Steve Davis um, I think the, the the one thing I'd say about Lords is it's likely to be hopefully a bit bowler friendly than some of the um, pitches mm -hmm. playing on recently so yeah Lewis Goldsworthy for me I think is a good option um, to help you know hopefully you know I think we all want to see a, a game that's that's over in, in I think, a bit more of draws and, and things. So it'd be nice to, uh, 
if, if there is a bit of spice in the wicket, and and therefore if there is, then you know Lewis Goldsworthy, you know, will be someone who hopefully can grit it out and really fight, and and you know it actually might be really might be really tricky against the new ball there. So um, I think someone like Goldsworthy down the order to kind of really grind it out would be uh, would be a good option. Yeah, so we have a, a, well, a pretty well-rested seam attack now. Um, so the table of uh, the LV County Championship Division 1 table, Somerset are... Well, uh, Kent and North Ants behind Somerset on 39 and 35 points respectively. Somerset on 44, then a really, really congested... What are we there? Third down to... Yeah, third down to eighth. Hampshire on 40, uh, 57, Knotts on 57, Essex 53, Middlesex 48, Lancashire 46, Somerset 44. All teams have played five games, so... You know, if results go our way, we could potentially be third. <laughs> Not sure if the maths yeah. quite works on that, but uh, we no, could, could. Yeah, but yeah, we could cer certainly <laughs> have a meteoric rise up that up that table uh, very very quickly. Um, Surrey on eighty two and Warwickshire uh, on seventy nine. They're both on three games. Are uh, sitting first and second and uh, looking to run away with it as the. Uh, as the table develops after as we move into the last block of this opening round of championship games uh good day at uh, taunton yesterday ben we had the somerset disability uh 11 against their gloucestershire counterparts uh started at half 10 then uh, we had the uh women's regional t20 playoffs which i gather somerset have got their first bit of silverware of the season they have yeah it was a really good day yesterday the weather was Weather was good. I think it was a bit, a bit concerned in the days leading up to it with the uh, with the wet weather we've been having. But so uh, great to great to have a nice day at the Cooper Associates County Ground. Yeah, uh, fantastic sort of occasion. Really, fair few people in to to watch, which was nice. And um, yeah, Somerset um, women were were dominant in the in the final. They uh, they won by nine wickets, chasing about one hundred and fifteen. I think it was um, Daisy Jeans um, batted batted brilliantly in the. In, in the run chase so uh yeah um well overdue you know somerset women haven't played under lights at the, at the ground before and um, the disability team had never played on the ground before so um yeah long, long overdue sort of occasion but um nonetheless uh, a really really good day was our de facto women's cricket correspondent dan uh what <laughs> did you sort of keep an eye on it while you're up at old trafford yeah i had an eye on it yeah um yeah as ben said it was too fairly comprehensive wins for Somerset wasn't it really because there was the semis at Taunton Vale earlier in the day as well um, but yeah it looked like a good day um, and hopefully Somerset now well we know that Somerset have four 50 over games scheduled for this year I just hope that a few more games are scheduled as well you know maybe some of the T20s that were washed out could be maybe rescheduled as friendlies um, because I just think it's just such a thin schedule for them and Daisy Jeans as Ben mentioned you know she was the star of the day yesterday, one of the stars of the day yesterday she's one of those players who isn't in the Western Storm squad, but is too old to be in their academy. And it's players like her that that rely on county cricket really for that high level of cricket that's higher than higher than club cricket. So, you know, we're, we're letting her and players like her down if we don't play more throughout the season. Um, and it's the same across. You know, it's not just a Somerset thing. The women's county cricket is very. You know, the official the one official competition is done. It's compressed to the first six weeks of the season, um, and now it's down to the counties to sort themselves out and most yeah most regions most regions have uh, a, a little competition with their own counties in it um but it's not many matches really so i just hope that 
counties start to schedule more games and have it really throughout the season as it used to be before um, you know before 2020. Don't know about the logistics of this, but is that something that you could just add on if, uh, before some of the, the the blast games? I know that everything's kind of so yeah. I actually had a chat about this with the with the coaching staff um, recently about uh, kind of if there are any plans, and I think it is incredibly tough um, with the it's the players' availability more than more than anything, um, and, and also the kind of. The, the, the matches in terms of the pitches that they'll need, you know, so I think they are looking at it um, and trying to find some solution. I think their primary concern at the moment is is telling ECB to make more of the, the fact that the women's games are at the start of the season and, and if there is rain around like there has been, um, it can completely curtail it. So I think they're trying to um, make more strategic moves into ECB related competitions um, whilst trying to find some um, solution internally but it is very 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 challenging to um, to get it to get a game on um, with everything else that goes on yeah I mean I'll just kind of look at we've obviously got the Western Storm double header um, on May the 28th before the, the member played Glamorgan but I suppose at a late stage you couldn't you couldn't say, for example, oh, let's organise a women's T20 before uh, the Essex game on June the 4th. That would just be... It's, it's quite an interesting example is that the players don't train. They don't... There's no training. There's no, like, pre-nets. There's no, there's, they literally rock up and play. Um, you know, that that is unfortunately, you know, it's not right and this will no doubt develop over... But at the moment, there's no provision for them even to have a net, let alone having, and that's not a Somerset thing, that's just, that's player availability, they all work across the southwest. they all have full-time jobs, so um, it's, there are bits and bobs that, that Somerset are trying to do to help and then Kieran, who's their coach, is, is coming recently and is absolutely brilliant, he's so determined to make Somerset women bigger, um, but it is a really, really difficult task with the with the logistics around scheduling and, and availability and um, finances. You know, that's the other thing. You know, there's a lack of funding coming down from the ECB in this this space. So uh, there's a lot being moved into lot lots of investment in Western Storm and you know lots of great things happening in this space. Um, but as Dan mentioned, there is definitely um, a gap in centralised support for women's domestic. Um, county cricket. So it's kind of first off the the international players were sort of centrally contracted and professional. Then that's gradually filtered down to the regional Western Storm and and their equivalents, and also the uh, other lot in the competition that shall not be named. And now it's just again, it just needs to kind of filter down that next level, I guess, to the to the counties. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely work to be done um, in that regard. Happy days. Right, so uh, listeners' questions then. I, explic- I explicitly put an embargo on anything about the declaration, so we should uh, be quite quick with these tonight. Uh, where do we start then? Um, bit of controversy uh, from uh, Lord Lupin about who was being economical with the truth about uh, whether Glen Chapel was uh, uh, being honest when he said that no offer was made. I suppose it's all a bit of he said, she said. Uh, Did he actually said. Chapel actually explicitly said no offer was made. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. He said they were made an offer, but it was completely 
you know, add to the question. I heard the whole interview, and um, he was he was quite forthright, but not not unfair. And I think as we go back to, I think can't remember who said it now, but they were talking to Lancashire about Lancashire declaring their first innings before you know, 110 overs were up, and it just wasn't on. And Lancashire still had hopes of winning the game. You know, given the fragility of, of Somerset's top order. Anyway, we, we've talked enough about that. Right. Uh, AK writes, is it time we moved on from Bartlett and gave his opportunities to Goldsworthy Banton and George Thomas? Interesting name cropping up there. Uh, Phil is a bit stage RV with his modes of dismissal. How much longer should we persist with Kerr as head coach? Better to sack too early than too late. Uh, ben, should we sack Jason Kerr? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to be on the team bus on, on Wednesday. <laughs> <Fair anyway. enough. laughs> uh, yeah, uh, obviously, you know. Um, right, well, I think we talked about uh, bringing Goldsworthy in. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's the how long is it is a piece of string question. I mean, what specifically are you are you kind of blaming the 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 powers that be for for the the failures that are going on on the field? I it's difficult isn't it I mean cricket is slightly different in into most team sports as you know it is very much your responsibility when you're out there you should know your own game you should know what to do um, you know and if you run down the wicket and try to smash Saqib Mahmood into the building site uh, and York yourself you know that's not I'll not say that you know, it's a little bit unfair to TKC there but the general point kind of stands is well, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, really. I've kind of rambled on a, a little bit there. Um, I mean, you know, didn't tell TKC to do that, did they? No, they didn't. But they have potentially given him carte blanche to, to play with freedom. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only the only slight reservation, I don't know if that's even the right word about Jason Kerr, is that he was a bowler. Um, and our bowling unit over the last, you know, however many years, has generally been very, very good. Um so I don't know if he's the batting coach we have appointed one who was doing really well seems to be doing really well and getting the, the ship in order and then he's left and we've got a new batting coach now oh, I admit it does you know has very very good credentials nice uh, bloke interviewed him on um, Thursday evening and I was very impressed yeah nice chat he's a very impressive guy Shane Berger yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. He's, 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 he looks like a very good appointment Yes, yep. yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've got 19-year-old kid, James Rue has come through, is, is you know, leading run score of the championship, albeit about 60 of those runs were uh, in slightly less than uh, challenging circumstances on Sunday. But, you know, you still got to score them. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I it's... Just just on James Rue, I, I thought the fact that he didn't celebrate his century in the second innings was was very much a plus point in his favour. I thought good good for you, you know. And he didn't. Neither of them actually tried to exploit the joke joke bowling. You know, they they could have made hay and hit it all over the place, but but you know, it was a shame. It was all a little bit shame faced. But even even so, I think credit to James Rue for um, for. Um, his politeness, yeah. his courtesy, his reservations in, uh, yeah. yeah, the good West Country man is yeah. a good public school boy. Um, what point was I trying to make? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it kind of boils down to what would you like Jason Kerr to do? How would you like him to do it? And when would you like him to do it by? I don't know. 
I'm not qualified to comment. I'm not a cricket coach. Well, uh, he's, 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 he's a nice guy. Kevin Harry took over at the start of 20. And we then came second twice in the championship, came second to the Bob Willis Trophy. We've also reached finals day three times under them. We've, we won the Royal on the Cup of 2019. So we, we have had a lot of success, particularly in the first three years. We did really well. Clearly, 2021, 22, 23, we have not been as good. But the question is, and I don't know the answer, is is our current hurry the reason for that or part of the reason for that? Then if we change, if we get rid of them, will things start to improve again? I don't know the answer, and it's not for me. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not for me to 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 decide. Um, that's for the club and people around the club, the CEO, etc. To you know, that, that's for them to sort of investigate. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's constantly under review, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's well, Gordon Hollins. I'm sure you know has you know keeps these things ticking over and um, making is making sure that. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, nothing I mean, going wrong. You know, in that in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, we've you're right that we've not had the success of the sort of the like say the eighteen, nineteen, twenty seasons. What specifically has happened then? Well, I suppose we've lost Hildy has declined in those years. I suppose Marcus has left as well. So. You know, you've lost two of your all-time greats. If you say, you know, you're going to lose two players who have got buildings named after them at the ground, they are that good, and you're going to lose those. They are not. You are not going to replace players like that overnight. Um, Jamie Overton has left. Don Bess has left. Don Bess potentially Certainly is not. The, the young players, the young homegrown players, Lamon B. Green, Goldsworthy, Banton, Bartlett um, haven't made the sort of progress on the, over the last three or four years that we would have been hoping for. Now, I don't know whether that's a coaching problem or not, but you have to look at that and think why, you know, why haven't they um, trained on, if you like, in sort of racehorse terms they, they you know they they came into the game george bartley got his first century for somerset at old trafford uh, was it 2018 and that's five five years ago and he honestly isn't a much better player now than he was five years ago and you could say the same for tom banton who's actually sort of gone gone backwards and you, you have to ask the question is 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 a coaching is that a coaching problem or is it is it something else? So I don't blame people for asking the questions, but I'm not qualified to say whether they're, they're the right people uh, or not. And I, I think it would be quite wrong to start um, changing you know, changing horses in midstream and and make, making changes in the middle of a championship season when we got, you know we've got trophies to win. And um, yeah, look, review it at the end of the season. Yeah, by people who know more about the game than I do, and me, and Dan, and Ben as well, which is not so. But I think it's you know we 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 can sit here and we can only kind of observe observe what we see. I mean, just looping back to that point about you know Jason being a a bowler. If you if you it'd be lovely if you had someone in that dressing room like Marcus, who for example, or even or even Hildy. I mean, you've lost. Think of the experience that is lost from that dressing room for somebody like Bartlett or Banton to sit down, just have a coffee with Hildy in the corner of the dressing room, talk about you know struggles, overcoming those, um, you know, getting your your head straight, um, what mental approaches you've had, all those things. I think you need 
I think we're batting. You know, anybody can read a textbook and get you your batting technique sorted. But I think it's the mental aspect of getting a, a real high performer in your ear or having a high performer available to talk to and, and just get those, um, you know, pick those good habits up from. So I think that's possibly the only thing that I would say is missing from the, the setup at the moment. Um, I mean, I don't know if they have got any sort of sports psychologist available. I presume that there is somebody on call if they need to. I know there isn't one on the staff, is there, Ben? You're, you're nodding there. So yeah, there's there's a there's various outlets available. There is a kind of a, a, a an option available if the players need it. It's not full time, but um, a lot of the sort of science, science and medicine team deal with with that on a day to day basis, and then they've got options to, to bring in people when people need them. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think Jason Kerr is a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination, but I think, like I say, having that batting mentor available to the group, I think, would be something that would be certainly be of value. Particularly look at the you know the, the two great players that we lost in the in the last few couple of years or so. Uh, right, uh, hope you fans heard that one. Okay, that was a good fifteen minutes on that one. Um, uh, moving on then, Sam B has got a very controversial question thinks that Lancashire is one of the very few counties better than us at the live stream. Has the club considered returning to BBC commentators but joined by a wider rotating cast like Vic, Triggs, Harry. Um, obviously doesn't enjoy my commentary. He's not put me on that list. Uh, <laughs> loved hearing Bumble with Anthony, as did I, Gibber. That was, uh, that was glorious to listen to. But I think it's all to do with the uh, the WPA sponsorship and the, and the money that brings in. You just can't use the BBC when commercial partners are involved. Yeah, I mean, yeah. First and foremost, yeah, the Lancashire stream is is very good. Um, they they put a lot of money into it, and they've got very different kind of, um, I guess, agendas um, when it comes to commercialization and needing money and and stuff like that from from streaming. Um, we 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 kind of had to run ours at a cost neutral basis. Anything that we make from sponsorship is then used to pay for it. So. Um, yeah, fair play to the to Lanx TV. They definitely like invested heavily and and are, are trying to champion the, the the domestic game through streaming, which is which is great. I think you know the, the footage that they they get is brilliant. Um, um, and yeah, I think we there's a lot to uh, lot to admire about it. But yeah, it's just worth noting that there's there's no commercialization on it really whatsoever. It's purely a, a, a brand awareness. Well, they do. Have, they do have quite a striking backdrop for all of their um, studio stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say that studio. Look, well, look. well known, well known Middle Eastern airline. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they're allowed to do that because, of course, the stadium is called Emirates Old Trafford. So it it is a different. I agree with, with Ben. You know, it would be it would be wonderful. Well, Cooper Associates must have a spare meeting room. We could, you know, well, I did, lock I, up I, as I did a studio. Think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably get. You, you could probably stretch need the a sponsor like you yeah. need a sponsor like Emirates to to make that to, to make that work. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's um, there's certainly lots of you know we 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 actually involved in a um, a streaming working group with the likes of Lancashire, Middlesex, um, Knotts, and and Surrey and the likes. So um, yeah, we're constantly kind of picking each other's brains and and trying to move things forward. Um, we're just trying to move ours forward with a tenth of the of the budget, <laughs> which, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's very good. 
Yeah, you talked about ours being cost neutral. I suspect Lancashire's is probably uh, costing them an arm and a leg. So the, for the return on investment, no, I think costing their sponsors an arm and a leg. I think, but I think their sponsors can probably afford it. Yeah, definitely. I think our return on investment, our uh, our viewers per pound, is uh, absolutely smashing <laughs> Lancashire's at the moment. So well done, Ben. Uh, oh, good question from Bagster. Should Crago and indeed the club be getting involved in silly scraps on social media? It's not a good look and verges on bringing the game into disrepute. So this is obvious <clears throat> reference to Crago popping back at the at the Lancashire admin for suggesting that uh, Somerset were fun at parties. Um, well, it's also the Jimmy Anderson drop at Taunton, which ooh. went down very, very badly in Lancashire. Is it really? I don't. I don't. I just don't understand the issue with that. It was just a clip of something that happened in the match. I think we it, was, it was the caption rather than the clip. I think if I if I was if you apologetic in the caption, we we called him the greatest bowler of all time in the caption. Um, yeah. the, the guys we spoke with the guys at Lancashire before we put that out. So um, so they were more than comfortable. Um, they are very. Um, Lancashire are very loud on their social channels with regards to um, bits and pieces that they do, which are quite out there. Um, I think the Craig Overton tweet gave information um, that yeah, there was you know it's adding adding something to to the, the the debate, and I think whether you agree with it or not, I think that's what social media can do is, is give people information that they might not get in other forms of media. So, um, yeah, I think it, it sometimes is a delicate situation. I wouldn't say it was anywhere near bringing the game into disrepute. I think that's maybe a slightly strong sort of term, but, um, yeah, I, I understand people who think that social media shouldn't be used for that sort of thing. Um, but from my side, I think it's, it was all done pretty tastefully yesterday. Yeah, so the actual wording was, we came at you with a reasonable offer yesterday afternoon to make a game of it, yet you declined. Sad face emoji. So, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. There's no... No. Yeah, it's... Oh, he does like a pop on social media, does Craig? Not like a... It's just stuff like that is where, you know, I think he said it last year, when, oh, Craig's injured. He goes, no, I'm not. Blah, 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 where have you had that from? And uh, Jamie as well. So it's obviously a trait that runs in the Overton family. Uh, and just Mark, Mark last, has a good go as well, doesn't he? So, <laughs> la- lastly, on the Jimmy Anderson thing, it's worth noting the ECB also put that out, that video out, um, and so uh, it's not just mm. us. Yeah, I, I cannot fathom well. why Lancashire so, didn't like the Anderson, why people wouldn't like the Anderson video. It's just it's there isn't like, much loss. There isn't much love lost between Somerset and Lancashire, mm. and anything anything like that is you know mm. touching a very sore spot. But it's not like it's like it's not like we doctored the video. It's like it's just something that objectively happened in the you match. Didn't put the like, Benny Hill theme music on it or anything like that. Uh, Maybe I should were, do that. Maybe I could be an unofficial uh, as social media ambassador <laughs> as we possibly could. One more point as well. We always say we don't want players to be robots in interviews, etc. And Craig was, you know, just yeah, yeah. Craig was being himself on social media, and I think that's a good thing. So yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, right, uh, so we've done Bagster. Uh, Harry Hayden says, are we perceived as lacking ambition? Why? Well, I think we could spend three or four hours on that, Harry. Um, I don't know whether what this is in relation to particularly. Presumably it's to do with the, the lack, of, uh, lack of declaration and speedy scoring towards the dying embers of the, uh, the Lancashire game. 
Um, yeah, do you remember that game against Hampshire at, at Taunton two years ago? Oh, was that the one where if we drew... We could have set up a... That was, well, that we was the Bob Willis Groot one, wasn't it? Where you had all those funny permutations about if we won, Gloucester would have gone through with us and because Gloucester had beaten us, they would have taken more no, points no, no, through. No. No? It was just a straight, straightforward game against, against Hampshire when um, we had the opportunity to set up a finish and, and again decided against it and settled for a draw when we were in potentially a position to win it. So this is the second time it's happened in recent years, the Lancashire one. Not twenty twenty. I think Shep's right though in that that twenty twenty one game was Bartlett got on twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was twenty twenty one, you're quite right, yeah. Yeah, so that was that funny Bob Willis thing, wasn't it, with the three conferences yeah. where if we it was beat... the county championship, but yeah. Oh yeah, so we'd beaten Hampshire at the row at the Aegeus Bowl. That's right. And we so we wanted Hampshire to go through with us, and if Hampshire drew they would have gone. Oh, sorry. If, if you listened to the exact same podcast two years ago, <laughs> where we spent about an hour debating this, um, yeah. So Hampshire would have gone. Th- if Hampshire drew, they would have gone through ahead of Gloucester, and that would have benefited us in that September group stage. But if we'd beaten Hampshire, Gloucester would have gone through. But then, because Gloucester had beaten and drawn with us, I think. I think didn't they yeah. beat? Yeah, right, yeah. Them. So we didn't want Gloucester to go through, so a draw was the better result for us. Well, I don't think it was ever explicitly said, but it was kind of assumed, wasn't it? I think that, that might be part of the thinking. But we could have won the game. That's the point. We could have. We were in a position to win it. Yeah, but if we, we had won it, and Gloucester would have gone through, we wouldn't have had well, that. So what? You should, you should in September, where we lost four games in a row. <laughs> you shouldn't worry about other teams. You should just go out and win every no, game. No, I that, think you have to look at the. The globality of the competition—you have to look at everything in the whole. I think. That wasn't that wasn't the official explanation, anyway. Oh, well, they're never going to say that, are they? Right. No. Just to go back to the yesterday's game, slightly more relevant. Can we go back to an even further now? game, Dan. Let's go back to the, the Gillette Cup <laughs> um, final, nineteen eighty-one. <laughs> so, yeah, Harry's question about lacking ambition. I do think we went into this game probably happy with a draw, and I think the way we batted for a long part of day two. Was it day two when we were batting very slowly? Yeah, um, yeah, it was day two, wasn't it? Um, indicated that I think to me as well. But equally, if we had, you know, tried to really take the game by the scruff of the neck, scored quickly enough to put us in a position to potentially win, we may have ended up losing and you know collapsed in a heap. So who knows what would have happened? We would have said, oh, why didn't we just you know rein it back a bit and be happy? We went along. At, we went along at two runs and over. Again, Glenn Chapel was being very critical. <laughs> you know, against an attack minus its main force wow. on a flat pitch, it wasn't great. It really wasn't great. Uh, Andy Cleve was just tweeted in actually while we were recording. Sean Dixon got sixty-five for uh, for Cleveland uh, uh, on the weekend. So uh, uh, mm. I'm not sure how much that. Uh, but there is plenty of uh, subset players uh, against the mighty Bridgewater, though. Against the mighty Bridgewater, who. Wiped the floor with Taunton St Andrews last weekend. It is good that all these uh, Somerset players are around the shires at the minute. I think we are done. Oh, gr- ex Grumpy Git. Uh, uh, who owns your Lammers? I'd like Banter to be given a chance. Would Lewis Goldsworthy given his chance? Uh, I doubt it as Hurry slash Kerr. I don't want either of the side judging by selection choices over last season. Uh, I think we've covered all that. Dan, I think we might be in a good statistical uh, setting a statistical <laughs> record on Thursday. Oh, really? We could be potentially leaving out two players who have scored a hundred in their most recent county championship innings. 
We could be. We could be leaving out Banton and Aldridge. Yeah. So has, has, has anyone ever done that before? <laughs> I know the West Indies left out. There was one guy that played a, a one test for the West Indies who got 100 and then never played again. Boycott so. left out for England for scoring too slowly. And Ken Barrington before him as well. Cool. I'm glad you weren't commentating on him, Gibbo. <laughs> so I. I'm glad you weren't doing a podcast after uh, after the after the fact a day or two later. Um, right, uh, that was my uh, stat that I wanted to finish on. Uh, any other business? Um, Western Storm play at Taunton on Sunday in a single header against Thunder. So uh, hopefully people will attend if they can. Is that a T20? Is that a T20 or a 50 over? Yeah. So it's the so the the Hayward Flint Trophy. The first batch of games. Oh yeah, the second yeah, block of that into the end of the season, is it? Uh, well, it's just before the hundred. There's a few games just before the hundred, and then at the end of the season, there's a few more games. Yeah, but um, yeah. So Storm had a no result with the Blaze last week, which was a shame because they were in a pretty good position actually before it got rained off. Um, but yeah, they start the Charlotte Edwards Cup campaign on Friday away to Northern Diamonds at Headingley, and then yeah, host Thunder at Taunton on Sunday at two thirty. Uh, tickets are pretty cheap, I think. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully there'll be some a, a good a good attendance in. Members and yeah, free for that one. Uh, mem- yeah, members in free, ten pound for adults, five pound for for kids. So uh, happy days. Uh, and I assume streamed as well if you can't make it. Yeah, I got last one from Mike Unwin. Oh, probably too late. But why do the men get two shirts, batting and bowling with names, and the women get one without names? Oh yeah, your brother was on about this, wasn't he, Dan? <laughs> Yes, yeah. well, he was on about why they don't have shirt um, uh, names on the back of their shirts. Yeah, yeah. They have numbers, but no names. Sure, well, surely the question should be, why do the men have a batting and a bowling shirt? Not the other <laughs> way around, but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, they well, probably... We agree with Mike Unwin and Dan Kingdom that, that the women ought to have the names on their shirts. I think they ought to as well, yeah. Well, I, I mean... think ben, ben Warren can be asked to action that. Yeah, again, it, it, it's something that, that, that they... Um, you know, it could have been done. Um, it's not we we as the cricket club don't like manage that process. Um, but um, yeah, it's something that uh, was slightly disappointing to see on the, the stream yesterday that the, the back of the shirts were blank. Um, so yeah, again, it, it's it's you know, again, I'm not trying to sort of pull any punches here. It is cost. You know, a lot of this stuff is cost. The the women, Somerset women, have got a budget of a ridiculously small budget it is it's peanuts um so anything that goes in and the lot has gone in this year that we've taken out of other budgets to plow into somerset women which is which is great but there is only so many limitations of what we can take out certain pots and put into other pots so i have um, an idea and this is a sensible idea when it comes to membership (laughs) no this is a very sensible idea when it comes to membership renewal time in the autumn, little tick box, would you like to add five pounds onto your membership to help support Somerset women's cricket? There we go. Told you that was good. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's membership money does got already go towards. All know, but this is an extra five pounds, which could yeah. happily. And I'd check Somerset County Sports spell uh, uh, charges uh, ten quid for shirt printing, so it could do uh, half a name and half a number. You can already do that. You can so already donate. You six on the back. So you can already donate to the Somerset Cricket Foundation on your membership purchase, and not oh, many do. I? I didn't <laughs> do that because I would have done. 
Um, so there's a little tick box on your membership online to donate to the foundation every year, and they get about 50 quid from it. <laughs> well, I did. I, I, if I had seen it, I probably would have done it. So, a bit so bigger. Just a quick question then. Um, so, Somerset Cricket Foundation, that they effectively run Somerset Women, don't they? Uh, so it's changed a bit. So nice. yeah, the um, the found the foundation and the club are now sort of slightly more um, amalgamated to, to to ensure that the like professional outlets are dealt with in different. But yeah, essentially the foundation are more in control of of, of it than we are. Mm. Is that the same across all counties? Do you think um, in terms of the the board or the foundation? Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's there's a lot of lot of movement in terms of um western storms involvement with professional cricket clubs um and yes it was probably a whole new podcast in how that kind of can shape out over the next couple of years but um yeah at the moment somerset women are very much an amateur team that are under the foundation's umbrella um and anything that we step in and support them with is is to just help essentially and and you know it's we've we've tried to help as much as we possibly can this year both financially and through um, things like hosting games under lights um but it's quite difficult when there's nothing coming in the other side in terms of revenue um sponsorship or you know those, those alike so um it is something that i think needs more central support um you know again I can't say the numbers, but it would shock everyone to know how little Somerset women receive off the ECB. I think I know, and yeah, it's not great. That seems a rather depressing right. note to end on. <laughs> Happy days. Right, yeah. uh, best of luck to uh, Tom Aiden and the boys. Ben, you're on the bus to Lords, so looking forward to uh, your little video. You know, you like doing your little videos of behind the scenes at Lords and all that sort of thing. So uh, really? looking forward to that. Gib, I, I gather you, you and Sam Dalling at Lords, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh dear, yeah. that's going to be a horrendous Somerset bias on BBC Radio London. Well, he's supposed, to, well, he's supposed to be the Middlesex commentator. Wow! Well, <laughs> oh, he just, you know, Moonlight spends ninety percent of his time down at Taunton uh, commentating on the live stream and uh, obviously doing uh, doing a bit of uh, always looking on the bright side of life as well. So uh, good to hear. I shall uh, be syncing you and Sam up with the Middlesex live stream. Uh, around about 11 o'clock on Thursday morning. Best of luck to Tom Abel and the boys up at Lords. Hopefully we can uh, record our first victory of the season. Hopefully the pitch has a bit in it for Somerset's newly revitalised seam attack and James Rue will return with another pair of hundreds. We live in hope. Been a pleasure, gents. Uh, catch up next week. Cheers, chefs. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers all. Have a good week. <laughs>